the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, you know, I'm all about Brooklyn. I got a guy, a bunch of guys in the house. They're all from Brooklyn. And the mayor of the city of New York, he was the borough president, not of Staten Island, not of Manhattan, not of the Bronx, not of the Queens, but of Brooklyn. Um, before we jump on the phone with the mayor of the city of New York, I just need to put some things in perspective because I actually learned some things today preparing for this show with the mayor. What I get hit with the most from people who know that I'm friendly with Mayor Giuliani and I'm friendly with uh, Mayor Adams is how, you know, Rudy got things under control and the city was so much safer when Rudy was the mayor. And I don't have the 2022 numbers with with the uh, with the current administration, but this is the end of the de Blasio administration, the end of the administration that of eight years that people say he's the worst mayor ever. And I think the numbers are going to surprise some people, some people that are actually in this room. So in 1998, very deep into the Giuliani uh, administration, robberies in the city of New York for that whole year were thirty nine thousand. 39, so very close to 40 grand. Robberies at the end of 2021 were 13,000. I mean, that, you know, that's a, a very, let's see, what is it? It's a 64% drop. So we're 64% lower in robberies from the middle of the Giuliani administration until the end of the de Blasio administration. Um, rape from, the, to, from Rudy to Giuliani, I'm sorry, from uh, Giuliani to de Blasio was down 40%. Um, Another big one, burglaries. In 1998, there were 47,000 burglaries. And in 2021, there were 12,000 burglaries. Now, to Rudy's, let me just put things in perspective for Rudolph Giuliani. In 1990, there were 122,000 burglaries. 122,000 when in the Dinkins administration, in the middle of the Giuliani administration, burglaries were down to 47,000. So Rudy knocked off a, a tremendous, a tremendous amount. Uh, the same with robberies. When Rudy came in, there was 180,000, I'm sorry, 100,000 robberies in the city of New York in 1990. Uh, in the middle of Rudy, it was 40,000. So he knocked down 60,000. But if you look at 98 compared to 2021, the numbers are still way, way, way down. I mean, I'll just read off the percentage change from 21 to 98 without telling you that murder down 22%, rape down 40%, robbery down 65%, felony assault down 20%, burglaries down 72%, grand larceny down 20%, and GLA down 76%. So I know we feel a little less safe than we used to, but the numbers compared to when we said Rudy made us all so safe, we're a heck of a lot safer now. Without further ado, the mayor of the city of New York, my friend, Eric Adams. Hello, Mr. Mayor. How are you, sir? Hey, how are you, brother? Good to speak with you. And I, I mean, don't... I caught, I caught, I caught the, the numbers that you just dropped. And, uh, let, me, let me tell you something. You know, there was this person sitting for a portrait, and he had a big scar on his face. And when the artist came, 
he told the artist, I know you see I have this scar, but remember I have a face. <laughs> Keep that in mind while you draw my portrait. Wow. The portrait of our city. Yeah, we have scars. Yes, we have six crimes a day, felony crimes a day on the subway system. But we have 3.5 million riders a day. And yes, we have scars of people who want to use violence that we're going after. But we have police officers that have removed 5,000 guns off the street. We're not coming back. New York is back. No, I hear it. Now, so- increasing. So, you know, people need to tell the real story. Arthur, if you wake up every day and people take the worst of our city and highlight it daily, you're going to define our city by that. That's not the New York that I see every day. New York is here and is here to stay. And I want to be clear on that. No, I listen, and no, no one's got your back and, and is singing that song louder than I am. So I, I'm with you, Mr. Mayor, 100%. But I have to tell you, like this Tuesday, I believe it was. So I'm in court right by your office there in City Hall. I get on the train and I'm coming to my Midtown office on the four train. And um, there's a guy on the train. The, the train is like, you know, 50% full as it should be at whatever it was noon. And there's a guy who looks like he's dressed kind of appropriately. Uh, no indication there's anything wrong. And as soon as the doors close, he starts screaming and yelling and he's and curse words. And, you know, I go from reading my phone and put my phone away. I'm getting ready to throw down. He's not necessarily looking right. at me, but, you know, there's a, an older woman next to me. There's a young lady across from me. You know, I got a little kid. I got two little kids. I'm like, if this guy starts throwing down, like, you know, you know how I am. Chivalry's not dead, right? I'm going to help these people your brain starts right. spinning now luckily the next stop came the doors open i just got out and went into another car but those types of incidents are what you know and again that was there was no crime committed but this guy was out you know he was out there so what my friends who sometimes give me a hard time about being so pro eric adams asked me to ask you on the show eric adams tell the listeners of the author i dollar power hour what you and your team, the, the plan today. We know what your plan was in January. Things have gotten a little bit better. Thank God shootings are down. Shooting victims are down. Murders are down. But other things are up, like robberies, which I think is the, the top of the list here. What is Eric Adams' team doing to stop the robberies, especially in the transit system? And, and, and as I stated from the onset, onset uh, when you see incidents like that, we have to really analyze what's happening in our city in a real way. There's a mental health crisis. And remember, police can't only address the mental health crisis. It needs a combination of all the agencies that deal with mental health. And you know what happens when the police officers respond. Everyone is now saying, why are you trying to throw the police at people who have mental health issues? You're trying to criminalize them. No, we have been approaching those mental health crises. We just lost an amazing, uh, you know, public servant and Lieutenant Russo who was stabbed. Mental health crisis. Michelle Go pushed to the subway train. Mental health crisis. Train station. But, but, but Eric, you can understand how those things freak people out. In other words, she, I believe you promoted her. She's now Captain Russo. What happened with yeah. that woman? She's a 61-year-old public servant. I mean, I mean your eulogy was great. I, I, I'm tired. I know you're much more tired than I am. I'm tired of hearing you give eulogies. I heard you give uh, Rivera's eulogy and Mora's eulogy. Uh, but the way we think as lay people, you know, she's a uniformed officer. You're thinking there's a degree of protection that she may have that we don't have. And she's, you know, getting a, a lunch and she gets stabbed in the neck. 
and, and look, you and I can't not get into rattling them all off. So what should I tell my buddies who are breaking my chops? What's Eric Adams doing? What's his team doing to address the mental health issue? Well, first thing, first, first thing you should say to your buddies who, who busting your chops, the safety of this city is all about responsibilities and concern. Uh, our police officers every day, job felony arrests are up 70 of a, a 27 year high in felony arrests of dangerous people so but us by us all being engaged together they should advocate for what we're seeing i'm trying to push in albany we had to put uh, a teeth to the kindred's law so that we can make determination of people who can't take care of themselves they should not remain on our streets right now we're not doing that we're not extending who can make that determination. That's what I'm going to be pushing for in Albany. So when do you think that's going to happen, Mr. Mayor? Well, this is, this is many of the pathways we have to take. January, we pick folks come back in Albany. But in the interim, we increased the number of police officers on patrol in our subway system. We have taken proactive. Remember in the previous administration, no one was going after those who were set for services. No one was going after the encampments. No one was going after people who were living on the system. We've changed that. We've done just the opposite of, of making sure that we are proactively going after those who are creating not only the actual crimes, but the perception of fear that we're seeing, seeing every day. And listen, uh, often we cannot, if a person is on the street right now, homeless, uh, being disruptive, there's only a certain level that we can do based on the laws of this state I'm on aware, taking that person off the street. I, I'm, aware, I'm, so, I'm, I'm well aware, Your Honor. I mean, I, you know, I follow this stuff. Restrictions. So <laughs> you know, let me so ask I, you this question. I, I, well, you well, know, let me say this, brother, this is important. This is important. Listen, listen. What I'm saying to New Yorkers, every, imagine waking up every day and someone's telling you about the worst part of your day. Every day. Every day. Those six crimes are in our subway system. We pick the worst one of them. We highlight them. We have a page in the paper that says city in crisis. That's not defined in New York. I have corporations coming here open. Major global corporations are open. Tourism is back. We're going to have 56 million tourists. Hotels are back. 94% occupancy. This city is back. Okay, so I got, I got, I got, I got a couple questions on on the topic you just said. First of all, you talked about reading the papers. I'm curious. Does Mayor Adams? Do you read the papers? Yes, I do for information okay. purposes. But okay. I'm not reading. I'm not. I'm not allowing the papers to take away what I'm seeing every day in this city. Every day, I'm all over the city. I'm up at 5 a.m. in the morning. I'm normally um, checking out around one o'clock, sometimes 2 a.m. I'm not allowing people to take away what I'm seeing in the city. So when I'm on the subway system, I'm, I'm on at night. I like to go down at night to see how what's going on during the evening time. I'm at all these ribbon cuttings of companies coming back in this city. We are defining our own story. And that's what I want to say to those New Yorkers out there who were saying this. Remember, Arthur, they were saying this a month after I was in office. Eric, how come you haven't fixed all the potholes? I, believe me, I'm, I am, <laughs> I I office am office well aware. <laughs> I am well aware. So, Eric, let me ask you this. Uh, I had lunch today with Geraldo Rivera, and he asked me to ask you a question yes. about what we're talking about, about the newspapers, about what you're saying. is like if anyone only brings up the worst part of your day. Uh, you, you, know, you won the primary over a year ago. It's, we're just about on the anniversary. You win in the general election. He, he said, you know, ask Eric if 
waking up in the morning and, and I, look, I am, I know how hard you're working. I know for a fact because of relationships I have with people in your office, following your schedule. How uh, demoralizing is it or how much does it hurt when you know, you see with your own eyes things that are getting better and yet the media is only focused on the negative stuff? How much does it affect the psyche of Mayor Eric Adams? None at all. I cannot, I cannot tell you how focused I am when I'm out in the streets and I see people giving me that symbolic thumbs up or telling me that, listen, Eric, we know how hard you're working. So the inside folks who only judge themselves by the headlines that are written about them, that's not how I live. I'm, I'm, I'm among the people in this city every day. And I see the energy they have. They said, listen, we know this is hard, but we know New York is. And so, listen, brother, you're going to always have naysayers. That's the nature of the beast. <laughs> the I, look, media's I, supposed to critique me. So <laughs> you know what I'm saying? let's get back to crime for one second, because, you know, that's my ballywick. Yeah. And I'm not asking you to betray any confidences, but what are your relationship like with the five district attorneys? Because, you know, they have a lot of power on how things get handled once those police officers take those 5,000 guns off the street. You know, I know because Joe Hines told me himself that Bloomberg sat them down and said, unless you give everyone who gets nailed for a gun two years jail, I'm going to mess with your budget. And they all stuck to it. Morgenthau, Hines, uh, I forget, uh, um, Dick Brown in Queens, they all... uh, uh, Come on, whatever. I knew all five of the DAs at the time. But, I mean, he, you know, Bloomberg really put the arm on them, saying we need to keep the guns off the street and the guys who have the gun have the guns and they can't get back out onto the street. Is Mayor Eric Adams have the kind of relationship with the district attorney's offices to work hand-in-hand with them to really fight these problems? Listen, we we have been sitting down, conversating, giving solutions with the district attorneys. But think about this for a moment, because you really, you know, as a – uh, an attorney, you understand this process. Number one, our criminal justice system is needs to be repaired. The bottleneck in the court system is unbelievable. If someone out in a homicide charge and they're out for months before they are sentenced. That makes no sense. Many guys are not, not even going to trial anymore. You know, you used to be able to threaten people. If you don't take a plea, you go to trial. Now they're laughing at the thought of going to trial. We're not even doing trials the way they they should be. People are in and out of the system. The system is broken and it's feeding this crisis uh, that we are witnessing. You saw what happened with the rapper. The the rapper shot a police officer in himself. The judge states he did everything right that his mother told him to do. He was back out on the street and caught with another gun. Another rapper was bailed out. Uh, uh, he was bailed out uh, with a gun charge, got out. He had to shoot in front of the St. Patrick Cathedral. This is what we are up against year, I mean, day after day after day. And we're going to keep doing our job uh, to deal with this violence because the violence is what is preventing people from seeing all the good stuff that's happening in this city every day in the city and i so, see it every day and so let me I'm, let's I, talk about I guns optimistic about the future uh, listen yeah. i'm more optimistic than you are mr may i got i have a 10 month old okay so i need this city to be great for the next 100 years i, I don't know if you got that yeah. much time left in your bandwidth but i'm here for a hundred <laughs> i gotta watch my daughter turn 40 i'm staying till i'm 94 years old you ain't getting rid of me 
So a federal judge today came down with a ruling, and I don't want to catch you off guard here because it came down a couple of hours ago, saying that with the legislature set up, these no uh, gun zones like Times Square and Grand Central uh, are illegal. That you can't have, you can have government buildings can be no gun zones, polling places can be no gun zones, schools and places of worship. Besides that, you cannot arbitrarily say you can't have a gun in Central Park, you can't have a gun in Times Square, you can't have a gun in Grand Central. Is Do you know about this? Because it's really hours old. Yeah, no, but my team immediately has stuff breaks. My team immediately reached out and let me know. We're analyzing the ruling. Uh, the governor and the AG... Uh, uh, defended the case of, you know, of course we are appealing and that's the beauty of our criminal justice system. Uh, you have the authority to appeal those rulings that you disagree with. Uh, and whichever is the outcome, if, if we lose the appeal, then we're going to respect the, the ruling of the court. We will always follow what the courts dictate and say. Okay. I mean, I, I, you could take the fifth on this one. I'm not looking for a whole bunch of people to be rolling around Times Square with a sidearm. I don't care if it's my buddy Derek, who I trust, or my buddy Chris, who I trust. Because if one dude who's a bad dude pops off his gun, what are we going to have, 80 other people whipping out a gun and shooting around in Times Square? I don't want to sign up for that. And you know what? You know what? That's what many people don't understand. People, people have a tendency to believe that, okay, if I, got my, if I have my gun, I'm going to... I'm going to be able to defend myself. First, first of all, nothing could be further from the truth. If someone gets to jump on you and they have a gun, you are not going to have time to defend yourself. <laughs> Trust me. And, and even if you're able to pull it out, one person pulls out a gun. We have sometimes 300,000 people out there in Times Square. If you have 1,000 people with guns and they hear gunshots, who knows the difference between a good guy and a bad guy that has a gun? It's Listen, totally I'm... chaotic. It is a real danger to our safety in a place like New York where we're densely populated. And just so you know how much I love Times Square, I'm broadcasting this show live a week from tonight at the foot of the steps. I'm doing, they're giving me an extra hour. I'm, I'm doing two hours. I have the new restaurants coming on, some of the new Broadway shows coming on. I am, I'm going to be the cheerleader for the city over here. Um, before I have to let you go. I got to come. Wait a, minute, wait a minute. You didn't invite me to that. What are you doing? Listen, you're always invited to everything. <laughs> Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, Thanksgiving. My birthday's December 1st. We'll be at the Friars Club. You can come over to that. And speaking of friends and birthdays, I need. I'm a, go ahead, Eric. You I'm, go. I'm going to be there. But, you know, let me tell you something. Your audience really believes in this city. You know, they believe in the city. They're business people. They have their own business. They believe in public safety. This is a time. And I'm the pilot right now. Like it or not, I'm the pilot of this plane. I'm with you. This is I a, voted you in as the pilot. A, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying to your, your listeners, don't hope for me to crash because you on this plane with me. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, listen, I tell my buddy Chris from Dyker <laughs> Heights that all the time. Let me let me clear the air about one thing, and it'll take two minutes. My my dear friend yes. Frank Carone, he announced he's your chief yes. of staff. He announced he's departing at the end of the year. I just want you to verify that was the plan all along since he started working with you maybe two years ago uh, to help you get elected. Correct. Without a doubt. I, I, I told Frank is a longtime friend, and Frank had a good business, a good law firm. After winning the election, I said, Frank, I need you to come in for a year and to steady the ship, help me build out a team, which is a great team. 
help me build out a team. Can you come in for a year to do it? Frank said, Eric, I give you my commitment. I'll come in for a solid year. This was something he and I both thought through. If I were to ask Frank, Frank, can you hang out a little longer? Because I need you to. Frank would do it. All right. I know. I just, I I just, he's he's the best. He's not a cheap of staff. Frank is a friend. He's a friend that was there like you that said, listen, this is the type of guy that should be the mayor of our city. And I, I cannot thank his friendship enough. I'm I'm with you, and I feel the same way about him, and I think the city was lucky to have him and still have him. He's not going anywhere. He's working his tail off, and he'll continue to work his tail off. I can't let you go, <laughs> Mr. Mayor, without talking about the migrant situation and people yelling at me, why did your mayor put these people in, in a flood zone in Orchard Beach, and now he's moving them to Randall's Island, which is known to be another flood zone. And I know you got a victory today regarding the Bruckner houses in the Bronx, and you got additional housing, and that's a fantastic victory. I know there was a little bit of a battle in uh, – uh, in the city council and you won that and that's a W and I know you're always counted your W's but people want to know what's happening with the migrants versus the homeless like where are we putting all of these people in these in these tents on Randall's Island Orchard Beach uh, cruise ships hotels it's just a little question to end the indoor, <laughs> to end the interview of. No, and, I, and I like that and I like that you know you know what's interesting brother um, there's one uh, quote speech I say I read every morning just about and is president roosevelt i'm the man in the mid in the arena you know it's not the critic who kills it's not the man that points out how a brave man uh, stumble or the doer of these should have done them better the true credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena face marred with dust sweat and blood i'm in the arena and it's easy for people who sit in the bleachers of life and talk about what the man in the arena should do or what calls they make or how they fail. That's easy to do. I'm making the calls that's best for this city. And sometimes those calls don't come out to, to the best. You stumble. But you get up and you make the adjustments. And anyone that has ever been in the arena, they tip their hats to people who are in the arena. I'm making the best calls for this city. And we're going to get through this together as New Yorkers. I appreciate it. Tell me what I tell my friends about Randall's Island. <laughs> tell me. <laughs> Randall's I mean, Island is a is a we we there was no flooding at Orchard Beach. It was puddling. And we stated my commissioner, an ex military person, a, a hero in our city, he stated that we can fix this puddling problem, but it would be better if we go to Randall's Island with a three foot and height increase so that we can put uh, the centers there. People are not living there. They're going there for a processing center. Now, check out, check out the hypocrisy of this, Arthur. Go ahead, I'm listening. Do you, know we ha- do you know we had camps during COVID in Central Park? Do you know we had a boat, a hospital boat during yes. COVID? Yes. Docked? So why is it okay for everyday New Yorkers to be in a camp, a tent in Central Park during COVID, and migrants can't be there as a processing center or be in a boat during COVID, but migrants can't be on a boat during processing center. It's not that they can't do it. Some people just want to be naysayers, and I'm a yaysayer. I'm with you, but, but, so when they get processed, then what happens, though, Eric? So you got all these people, and I know, look, there are deeper issues here. I know you've said something. Uh, you've, you've raised a question mark about whether migrants are being shipped off to cities that have black mayors. But I, you know, I, as a native New Yorker who may be affected with the, the reality of having all of these new people in here, when you're saying they're being processed, 
they're being processed, and then what happens? We take down their name, rank, serial number. Now what happens with them? Here's, 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 here's what it is. Uh, number one, I'm never going to take away the resources that are for uh, those New Yorkers who are in need of services. We're not doing that, and we should not have to pit against uh, the migrants and non-migrants. And if, if with a real level of honesty, when we look into our lineage, all of us came from somewhere. It doesn't matter who we are. At one time, our ancestors came to these shores trying to participate in the American dream. And they, the things people are saying about migrants, they said it about all of us. Uh, listen, you, I, you're talking to a Sicilian. I mean, of course I know what, what, what happened. <laughs> there you are. And so here's what we do, uh, Arthur. Uh, there were many people who came here that did not want to come to New York City, but incentivized them coming to New York in Texas borders, El Paso, uh, Dallas, and other places. And what they're doing is finding out where do you really want to go. That's number one. People that want to go to places where you have a large Venezuelan population. So we want to assist them to get there. There are others who have family members in the city that they want to stay with, or people who sponsor them. Then there are those who need to be cycled into our shelter system until they can get on their feet. And what, what is the I ultimate goal? Been... Is the ultimate goal to make them citizens, to be them taxpaying, productive members of society? Is that the direction we're heading in? Ultimate goal is what the goal was with all of us that came to this country. Those who legally are allowed to be asylum seeker, uh, they should be allowed to stay. Those who are not legally allowed to be asylum seeker should return back to the country that they came from. But, but the groups fled prosecution, persecution in uh, Venezuela. That's where the largest population. But the goal is to do what we've always done as Americans and as New Yorkers. Those who pass the asylum seeker uh, process should be allowed to stay, and those who don't. Have, must return to their countries. This is the law of what we what we live by. But in oh, the well. meantime, we need to we need to make sure we don't create an environment that's dangerous for our our city in any way. Well, as a 22-year veteran of the NYPD, I can't think of anyone else's hands. I want uh, safety to be put in. And I know, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. But speaking of Rome, I got a message from Frank from Staten Island. He wants to know, number one, will you be marching in the Columbus Day Parade uh, this Monday? It was supposed to be beautiful weather with the Columbus Citizens Foundation, where I saw our mutual friend Tom, uh, Tom Swazi have a nice event for you when you were a candidate. So the question is, number one, will you be marching? But the deeper question is... The, the Italian-American Heritage Day, which has been called Columbus Day for over 100 years, is under attack. It's under attack by the Board of uh, Education, uh, by various uh, other agencies. What is Mayor Adams' uh, position? And I know you have a very strong relationship with the Italian-American community, but I need you to tell my listeners, and there's a lot of Italians and Sicilians out there, what is Mayor Adams? Number one, are you marching? Who are you marching with? And, and number two, what is, the, uh, what is Mayor Adams' position on, on Italian-American? heritage and Columbus Day? Well, number one, I look forward to marching. And uh, as I stated, uh, not only this year, but in previous years, we have a rich Italian community. And uh, I have attended an event um, at one of the locations, I forgot forgot who actually sponsored with with Italian-American heritage group did. I believe you were there also. I was there. I was there. I watched you. You know, you you fit in with the Sicilians. You fit in with us. (laughs) Of what I attended, so I look, I look forward to it. And I look forward to continue to uplift uh, the rich heritage and contribution of the of the Italian community. And it's, but, and what I firmly believe, uplifting 
their heritages of groups doesn't have to tear down other groups. We Thank have you. enough room in this country to uplift all groups because all of us contribute to what we call the American dream. Thank you. Because I got very upset. Someone sent me a text about uh, a proclamation or some sort of a bill that was put up. I don't know if it was in the assembly or the city council, totally eliminating Columbus day and renaming it indigenous people day. And what mayor Adams, what you just said is you don't need to knock down one to put up the other. All great people have been flawed from Lincoln to Jefferson and, and, and Columbus as well. And we have to, as Eric Adams taught us today, you got to look at the positive. Don't highlight the negative. Listen, that's what I believe because you know what? I'm perfectly imperfect, and I'm as flawed as one can get, but I keep keep every day trying to reach the best inside me, and that's my goal. And so you're not going to agree with me all the time. You're not going to always believe I did the right thing, but one thing no one will ever be able to say, that I don't love this city, and I'm committed and dedicated this, to this city, and I will continue to be a public servant to this city as long as I live. And no one will ever say you're not the best-dressed mayor in the, the United States of America. <laughs> Eric Adams, thank you so much for your time, buddy. You, all. We all got your thank back you. on the Author Dollar Power Hour. I'll see you Monday at the parade. All right. Take care. Thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.